2: Presented by AT and T. Connecting changes everything.
1: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
4: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Tuesday. December 27th. Hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas and a great Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and whatever it is you celebrate. Hope the holidays were as outstanding as mine were. I I won't bore you with all the details but basically iHeartRadio they had two days off for the holiday Friday and Monday so they said you could take the podcast off. I said sure, why not? Uh, My brother came in town with his wife we, you know, first of all, they were flying from the East Coast, and their flight was canceled out of the crummy BWI airport. I tell them never to fly Southwest, but he has got the companion ticket with his wife, and they flew Southwest, and it was canceled. So then they had to scurry, find a plane ticket out of Philadelphia, fly out of Philly to L.A., got here, no problem. Just in time, we went to a Laker game Friday night, Um I'll just say my agent was able to hook something up, so we were able to get a nice little suite there at Lakers Hornets. Lakers looked pretty good and then blew the game at the end when they had a chance to win it. Um, But just overall great experience. Christmas Eve was fun. Christmas Day was just outstanding. You know, basically the holiday fun stuff. You watch a couple movies. I think we watched uh, the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. Not bad. Elf, which we've seen many times. Did not watch Die Hard, despite many lobbyings from my brother and my son, who I showed some of Die Hard 2 to. Um, What else did we see? Uh, There was one other movie. Christmas Chronicles 2. I think I mentioned Christmas Chronicles 1 on here. Christmas Chronicles 2, not terrible. Not awful. I didn't fall asleep. I did in Elf because I've seen it before. But uh, overall, just Christmas, just an awesome time. And of course, there was the football. And we will get into the Saturday and the Sunday shenanigans in a minute. Because it's been a couple days. I don't need to start with that. I will lead with what went down on Monday Night Football. Chargers victorious over the Colts. Chargers into the playoffs for the first time in a minute. And I know there are some Chargers fans out there who are a little apprehensive. Most people, at least the Chargers guys I know, you know, we were texting during the Monday Night Victory. You know, bolt up. Let's go get a drink to celebrate. Everybody's all fired up. And there were a couple negative Nancy's like, wow, I just just wonder if, you know, us making it means they're going to keep Staley and extend him. And ultimately, this is bad in the long run because nobody likes Brandon Staley. I will say Staley's defense, I can't give him a ton of credit for shutting down Nick Foles, who, I mean, the Colts have no clue what they're doing at all on offense. It was abysmal, a tough watch. We were on, uh, we went for a little boat ride on Monday night down in Long Beach. You know, you can easily get the signal on the phone. Every time I call it up, like, nothing's happening in the game. Just nothing doing. Uh, I needed Austin Eckler to do nothing so I could make the finals in one league for fantasy. Didn't happen. Um, And then I needed Justin Herbert to do nothing. He did nothing, shockingly. And my boy Dan, he said, him and his son wanted a shout-out on the podcast if they beat me. I'll give them the shout-out anyway. Dan and Logan uh, live near us. uh, Good friends. And I beat him by 30. So uh, <laughs> in the finals in in that league, of course, I am the commission that one. And my son in a league made the finals for the second year in a row. Uh, we'll see how he does in the championship round. Uh, I know he just wants how much money can he make off of it so he can invest it in Robux. Uh, shout out to all the Robux fans out there. Rob- Roblox is the game. Robux is the monetary value. At any rate, Chargers, Colts was a snoozer. But the Chargers now going to the playoffs and listen. I think there's no denying when you make a list of the wildcard teams that nobody wants to face. You know, Jacksonville's on there. They're dangerous. They got a good quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. My Jets back in the mix. We'll get to them shortly. If they can get in with that defense, they're going to be live to keep it interesting. And now Mike White back at quarterback. I'm just saying, under Mike White, they look pretty good and feisty in Minnesota and in Buffalo. Okay. They're going to be live. You guys can laugh all you want. They got to get in first. And I think there's some there's a case to be made for the Detroit Lions in that offense. I know they did not look good here. Uh, back-to-back road games, outdoors, cold. They just got run over. I think they'll be okay in the long run. Hopefully they get in. Green Bay Packers, obviously, if they can get in. Aaron Rodgers, come on. But I think the number one team that nobody wants to face is Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Folks, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, since they've been together, this offense looks good. I know the offensive line can be questionable, very shaky, a couple major injuries there. But the defense is what I'm really looking at. We know Herbert's going to keep them in any game. Okay, You're not going to go run away and hide from Justin Herbert. His offense is too talented to do nothing. It's the defense has been the question mark. Can they stop the run? Usually not. Derwin James getting ejected. I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, moments after getting a 15-yard penalty just lowers the boom. And he looked like he was a little staggered after the hit. Jelly leg. So he was coming off the injury. I would not be surprised if he sits this week now that they're in the playoffs. Still waiting for Bosa to return. Khalil Mack. Like, the names are there. It really is matchup dependent. If they play Cincinnati and Zach Taylor says, you know what, we can run on this team. We're not going to go out of shot go. We're not going to have Burrow throwing. Chargers are going to have a chance. I don't think uh, Chargers are afraid of Facing Baltimore, should Baltimore win the division? Obviously, there's a massive Cincinnati-Buffalo game this week that will have a long way to go in the AFC. A lot to be determined. But, like, really, are you afraid of this Ravens defense? Really? I think they did face off a few years ago in the playoffs um, before Herbert. It was young Lamar Jackson. It was a bit of a—if I remember, it was a bit of an upset— I th- I'm almost certain. I'd have to look it up, but Chargers Ravens. Like we'll see about Lamar Jackson, folks. He hasn't practiced in three weeks. Are we sure he's coming back this week? I, I don't know. You go from not practicing for three weeks to just on the field and starting seems a little risky. But they could go to Jacksonville, and that would be an interesting matchup of the good young quarterbacks. Jacksonville defense is very bad, but Lawrence and the and Doug Peterson, they got. I think there's some talent on that team. I hope that doesn't happen. I, I think Justin Herbert has the talent around him, and the defense should be able to make enough plays that I think this team could make a Bengals-type run to the Super Bowl. Now, I remember last year, Joe Burrow was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. They go—I uh, think they were at home for the Raiders, narrowly beat them. Then they had to go to Tennessee. Burrow got sacked nine times. Evan McPherson had the game of his life. By the way, McPherson struggling badly. Badly this year. Remember last year? I think they called him Evan Almighty because he was just so automatic kicking. He missed two extra points and a field goal against the Patriots. He's had a rough season. Um, And I do, but this Bengals defense is really beat up. They have an interesting one against Buffalo. We'll be talking about later in the week. But there isn't a team that if I'm the Chargers, I'm afraid to play. I'm not afraid to play Buffalo. This Buffalo team, folks, I know they opened up a can late against the Bears. That offense, it doesn't terrify me, and I don't think Buffalo, you know, the conditions are going to be a concern at all for Justin Herbert. And then if it's Kansas City, well, we've seen them hang with KC. Now, they haven't totally been able to beat them consistently, but they've been able to hang with them. This Chargers team, folks, very dangerous. Um, If you're looking for a wild card team to pull up Bengals, look no further than the L.A. Chargers.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with all state to save and get protected from mayhem like this bundled savings variant are not available in every state coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret,
4: Listen to Uncanny USA
1: wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: All right, I think I got to pivot to the biggest coaching move in the NFL on Monday Nathaniel Hackett mercifully was fired. I guess losing to Baker Mayfield did him in. But I saw an interesting tweet from a guest on this show, Kevin Clark, who said that the funniest coaching tenures of the last decade, now funniest I would assume he means the biggest disasters, and Urban Meyer ranked number one, Nathaniel Hackett came in third, Adam Gaze with the Jets was fourth, Hugh Jackson with the Browns was second. I think there's a case that Hackett was the funniest because of the expectations and Russell Wilson. I don't think folks realize just how bad Russell Wilson has been. Like, everybody's like, oh, he's terrible. He's been awful. He's washed. But this is, like, we've never seen someone fall off a cliff to this magnitude. And I'll put an asterisk because Peyton Manning did, but after, I think, three neck surgeries. Russell Wilson essentially changed teams and became one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. So his career worst record, he's 3-10, and 10. career worst completion percentage, career worst passing yards per attempt, his TD to interception ratio, uh, 12 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 12 touchdowns for Russell well, like that's like a month for him in Seattle with Lockett and Metcalf, okay? And his passer rating, 82.6, the worst of his career. So by far, Russell Wilson's having the worst season of his career. You combine that with how bad Hackett has been. I mean, I guess that you have enough infighting on the team where, allegedly, the Broncos' offensive line against uh, Baker Mayfield, they, uh, Baker Mayfield's Rams, the Broncos were just letting Russ get hit. I don't know that I fully believe that. And then they wouldn't help him up. And then on the sideline, the backup quarterback, Brett Rippon, who last week got the victory, Brett Ripon went over, allegedly, to yell at the Broncos saying, hey guys, that's not right, you got to let him up. And the Broncos offensive line, basically MF'd him get the hell out of here and somebody got ripping out of there. I guess if you're Nathaniel Hackett, you have no control of the locker room, right? There's been players popping off, yelling, arguing. I mean, it's it's not as bad as the Arizona Cardinals, which we outlined last week, but it's up there. And this has been one of the, I mean, for Russell Wilson, for a guy who I think is Hall of Fame material, And I know a lot of people push back on that notion, but come on. His numbers in Seattle have been great. Like, if you're looking for a case against Russ, it begins and ends with this season. I don't want to hear about the one-yard line pass in the Super Bowl. This was way, way, way worse than that. Because this was consistent. A slow bleed every single week. And it's just like, I think two of his first three passes were intercepted in the Rams game. Of course, I had, like a jackass, I had... The Broncos in the contest, right? Negative three. All they had to do was win by three, okay? I look at the scoreboard. I see 17-0, 17-3. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I look, two of his first three passes were intercepted against the Rams, who are done for the season. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, just, uh, just a total embarrassment. He clearly will never get a head coaching job. It began really... For that, from that Seattle Monday Night Football game that he never recovered from. And Rob, I think it's safe to say, as a guy, you're a Raiders fan in that division. Listen, you've seen some bad football over the years and recent weeks with Derek Carr. I would say unequivocally, this is rock bottom in the division for the longest time I can remember. I, I don't see, I mean, I don't even know if I would want Hackett as my offensive coordinator next year. Like somebody will throw him a bone because his family's kind of famous in football and, and he's going to get a look, but. He was so bad, I don't know how you can even trust him as an offensive coordinator after what I just saw in Denver.
3: I tend to agree with you. However, we kind of saw this play out with Adam Gase as well, with uh, your Jets, with the Dolphins, and his saving grace was, hey, Peyton Manning vouches for me. I call player Peyton Manning and we lit up the NFL. If he thinks I'm a good play caller, then obviously I got something going for me. And a lot of what Nathaniel Hackett will have going forward is going to depend on what Aaron Rodgers has to say. (laughs) If Aaron Rodgers says, look, I know Lafleur is getting all the credit. He's got the nice facial hair. He's nicely well-groomed. He's young. He's handsome. But Nathaniel Hackett was the mastermind back there, and that's why our offense fell off a cliff here in 2022. Then maybe he can get an offensive coordinator job somewhere, preferably with like a defensive-minded head coach, or a Vrabel Tomlin type who is just such a strong personality that he dictates to his coordinators and he kind of oversees everything. Um, but you know, I, I don't think that the story here is Nathaniel Hackett because I know him getting fired is the all caps headline, breaking news on, you know, the herd and, and Sports Center and everything like that. I think the the, the bigger story is Russell Wilson, no. because even though Nathaniel Hackett was obviously a dumpster fire. I mean, what was it after week two he had to bring in a situational awareness coach and then he had to you know, pass off play calling duties made through the season? He he to his credit, he tried everything to to make himself a good head coach. It just wasn't cut out for him. But Russell Wilson has basically turned Nathaniel Hackett into the fall guy. Cause he's been bad. Like it's not just he's been, you know, Derek Carr turnovers. It's not just that he's been um uh, da, 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 Mac Jones, you know, he's 190 yards a game or whatever, something minuscule like that. It's both. He's turning the ball over, and he's not giving you the bang for your buck with the, the yardage and the, the scores to, to go with it like Josh Allen might. Russell Wilson has gotten, like, washed, all oh. caps washed overnight almost. And what they gave up to get him and what they're going to have to continue to deal with with that – salary moving forward hold on five years 245 million dollars with with no this was year one with no clear outs for at least like three years after this one where they can get out and take like a a a smaller cap hit if they get rid of him this offseason even the year after that it's something like 60 million dollars against their cap so that's not you know possible for lack of a better word and so the Denver Broncos, thank God, they're in the AFC West, so my Raiders can at least be no worse yeah. than third moving forward. But uh, uh, it's, Hold on,
4: Rob. It's funny. I was just reading, you know, uh, who did they pick Hackett over? And the big rumor is they picked Hackett because they thought they could get Aaron Rodgers and pair those two together.
3: That's what I thought, yep.
4: So they picked Hackett over Kevin O'Connell, who, ended, who was with the Rams and ended up going to the Vikings and I think is now the second seed in the NFC. And they picked him over Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, who I I know the Cowboys defense wasn't good, and we'll get to that shortly. Um, I don't think the Eagles punted once Sunday with a backup quarterback. But the Cowboys defense this season ranks very high in most categories. And you just wonder, boy, they had an offensive guy in O'Connell who knows football. Kirk Cousins having a good year. Justin Jefferson might be the offensive player of the year. And the Cowboys defense has been phenomenal. Why the hell did they pick Hackett? And I think the only reasoning is because they thought they could get Aaron Rodgers. Now, Rob, I did look this up. The guy who hired him is Patton, um, the GM. You have to wonder, if you're the new ownership group, and you just took over the team, and you see, oh, Patton was in charge of finding the coach, and he picked this guy? We're not letting pa- uh, Patton make the head coach. Is it one of these deals where the ownership is going to play a huge role in the coach hiring? And it's a like, GM, hey, you've got a pretty decent roster. Stick to picking players but you're not picking the coach. I, I just have to wonder about that because like we've seen with some other uh, NFL coaches, like, hey, they just they don't really work out with the GM. And I got to say, Joe Douglas with the GM of my New York Jets, do we trust him to pick a quarterback? Because he and Salah picked Zach Wilson, second overall. They were in lockstep. If you go read the quotes, they loved him. Now, a lot of people liked him. Pro Football Focus liked him. But again, if you're the Jets owner, do you say, hey, Maybe we need to take a step back and bring in someone else, just another pair of eyes to look at the move. Because, I mean, they missed so badly on Hackett in Denver. Like, I don't think anybody could have seen this. Uh, Vegas had them as a playoff team, double-digit wins, a a total and absolute disaster. I think that's actually not that great of a job, Rob. I looked at the three openings. As of right now, and that could change again, the three openings are Indy, which fired uh, Frank Reich, they have, hmm, let's see here. No quarterback. They have running back who was terrible this year. No offensive line. A defense that's, eh. Indy, not a great job. I, Denver, we'll see if it's a great job. You have Russell Wilson, but what's that worth, Rob? I, I, I just don't know. The roster's good. The defense was the number one scoring defense. Um, a lot of injuries on that team. You can make a case that they're bounced back, and it's not a bad job. And then the other job that's open is the Carolina Panthers, but Steve Wilkes has done such a good job. They're here in Week 17, where if they beat Tampa, they take over first place in the division, they will have swept them. Now, Tampa, we'll get to them later, but like Carolina can legitimately win this game. It's a field goal spread, and you look at the rosters, you're like, oof, Brian Burns, J.C. Horn. Horn is now out for the season with a broken wrist. That's two straight years he's gotten hurt. And not great. But you have a decent running back room. Offensive line has worked. Uh DJ Moore's a good receiver. I would argue. Carolina a better job than Denver. I think Indy's hmm Indy or Denver's tough. I don't know. Denver right now might be the third most third best job because there's not a lot of flexibility with the roster given the lack of draft picks and the Russ Wilson cap hit. I don't know, Rob, would you agree? Um Carolina one Indy two Denver three.
3: Ooh, of the ones that we know of, absolutely. Um you know, I saw a lot of buzz on social media on um, Monday morning suggesting, well, how soon until Sean Payton is wheels up to Denver? Because that's obviously the big, hot yeah, you know, name. Worry.
4: I don't see that. And
3: I don't see that at all either. Not only because of the Russell Wilson factor and his contract and everything like that, but if I'm Sean Payton, who is obviously the bell of the ball, I'm waiting to see what else becomes available. Because... If I'm him, I, I think I'm going to have the pick of the litter wherever I decide, if I decide to come back. You know, obviously, you're keeping an eye on um, what may or may not happen in Arizona, you know, mm. with Kyler Murray. I know. don't know that that's
4: I, I, Arizona I, or Denver. If I told you, you could, you could have one of those jobs. Both uh, Kingsbury's gone, and we know Hackett's gone. Which one are you taking? Now, Ari- remember, we're working under the assumption that Kyler's probably not going to play next season, at least until Thanksgiving. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear this Halloween stuff. So now you're like, Kyler, big money taking on you got internal strife, ownership and eh, GM probably not going to be back Denver or Arizona. who you got?
3: Arizona. And, and if the, you in uh,
4: that division
3: because you don't have to deal with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid every year.
4: Okay, but you have to deal with Kyle Shanahan um, I think McFay I don't know who their is quarterback, quarterback
3: is so, so that's I, I, if you're Sean Payton, you don't think that you that you can outwit Kyle Shanahan.
4: But you're not. It's not just that their their team because they have two quarter their top two quarterbacks are Brock Purdy and Trey Lance both on rookie deals. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to pay your quarterback for at least three more years. I think right. Well, we'll, we'll see with Trey Lance. Maybe well, we two. still
3: don't know how good those quarterbacks are. I know Brock Purdy's looked very very good to be honest with you. The last three weeks, but yeah, I know we we've bet been against know. him
4: with Washington. <laughs> yeah, we we don't know. <laughs> and tough. Trey Lance,
3: Trey Lance from what we have seen is, is one of the worst quarterbacks in football. Just on yeah, what we've be. seen.
4: Yeah, would you be shocked if I told you right now Brock Purdy wins the job over Trey Lance? Would you be shocked in, in August? Yes. You'd be shocked?
3: Yes, because I think that because of what they invested to get him, it would take some real big brass balls. To okay,
4: move I, I, fine. I'll ask you this again after uh, right before the 49ers play in the NFC Championship. <laughs> and okay. then you could tell me. But also, we don't know about the injury and and, and how uh, Trey Lance is going to heal from that significant injury. Mm-hmm. Um. But bottom line, Denver, just a total just a disaster. Um, speaking of disasters, can we go to the Philadelphia Eagles? Sure. I, I know, listen, I like the Eagles a lot, Rob. Okay? You guys know I was living right outside of Philadelphia for six, seven years. My kids were born outside of uh, Philadelphia. And, and this Eagles team, I love them. Jalen Hurts carried my fantasy team deep. I won a lot of money betting on the Eagles this season. But I'm just looking at right, the, right now, two massive injuries suffered in the Dallas game. Lane Johnson, the ab tear. He's not playing again in the regular season. We'll see about the playoffs. And then Avante Maddox, the cornerback who has been incredible as a slot receiver. Uh, he's graded out as one of the best slot corner... I'm sorry, slot cornerback. One of the best slot corners in the league. The second he left the field, CeeDee Lamb totally dominated that game. And it's, he did it from the slot. And you've just got to wonder, oh... What can the Niners do in the slot? Oh, well, they could do Christian McCaffrey. They could do Debo Samuel. And teams can feast on that against the Eagles. Now, a team like Tampa doesn't have much in the slot. Minnesota puts Justin Jefferson there. This Avante Maddox loss is massive. Uh, According to ESPN, here's the stat. The Eagles have allowed a league-best 25.6 QBR with Maddox on the field. It goes up to 50.3 without him. I know that's not a household name, but between those two injuries and the quarterback— Boy, Eagles Eagles fans have to be just devastated right now. Um, I will just point out, they have been unlucky as well. And they were unlucky against Dallas in that result. There were three fumbles in the game. The Eagles fell on none of them. There were also five fumbles in their other loss, the Washington game. Remember, Monday Night Football. And Washington landed on four of them. Just an unbelievable, unlucky two-game stretch for the eagles when it comes to fumble recoveries. I don't I I'm all of a, I'm not selling my stock in them, but I'm feeling a little down currently about Eagles futures, Rob.
3: Yeah, I mean, you'd be hard not to. And it's funny you brought up the turnovers because during their huge start to the season, one of the biggest things they had going for them was the yeah. turnover. They oh, yeah. they they were you know, tops in the league by a wide margin. You know, everything kept breaking their way and these things kind of tend to balance themselves out. And that's exactly what we've seen in those last two games, but um I'm not I'm obviously I'm down from where I was before, but I'm not as down on them as I think a lot of people are because I believe Jalen Hurts is going to play this Sunday. Oh against New Orleans. Um New Orleans is obviously has nothing to play for at this point. The Eagles obviously have a ton to play for. And according to Jay Glazer reported over the weekend that Jalen Hurts has really been pushing to play in new for the, the game against new orleans for two reasons number one he wants to lock up number one the top seed overall and number two this is like a double whammy game for the eagles because they own the saints pick in the upcoming draft so if they win this one it improves the draft pick that they're going to have in 2023 and if you're philadelphia it makes sense for you to have all your guns blazing even if jalen hurst isn't 100 percent you come in there, you blow the doors off them early, you get conservative from the third quarter on, and you secure the top overall spot and you figure out the rush from there.
4: Interesting. That, that Saints win over the Browns pushed the Saints all the way down to 10. I think that pick was in the top five area um, before the, heading into this weekend. I'm just curious. Where, do you think the Saints have? Would you rush Jalen Hurts back just to play the Saints?
3: Wouldn't you want to ensure that you have the number one seed?
4: Yeah, but if he further—without Lane Johnson, if he gets hurt any any further, man, you could just forget the playoffs. Like, I like Gardner Minshew. I think he could do damage, but you're definitely not beating San Francisco with Gardner Minshew, not with that San Fran defense. Unless you think, you know, there's a chance. I mean, Lane Johnson is huge protecting Jalen Hurts on the offensive line. The backup, uh, Driscoll, he played okay. And I know offensive line's not sexy to talk about, Rob, but man, I— I think you could just ride that defense against Andy Dalton next week and, and hope for the best. Let me see if it's in prime time. It is not, unfortunately, because you know Dalton is horrific in prime <laughs> time. But uh, it, ooh, it, it looks like no inclement weather next week at uh, Lincoln Financial Field for Saints-Eagles. Hmm, interesting. Line is 6.5, meaning uh, I don't think Hurts— I think that's saying Hurts won't play, right? Because it would be bigger if Hertz were playing.
3: Yeah, you would think it would be closer to 10 if Hertz was playing, yeah. right?
4: I mean, Saints are bad. Let's be real. They were down 10 nothing to the Browns, and just, you know, I don't know. Deshaun Watson, we're just going to leave him out of this podcast for now. I, I don't know what the hell happened to him. Speaking of, if I could go on a tangent because I brought up Deshaun Watson. Rob, can you recall an offseason where bigger-name quarterbacks made moves and they were, just went horribly wrong? I mean, I can't believe how bad Deshaun Watson's been. I can't believe how bad Russell Wilson's been. Like, it's Unbelievable.
3: You know what's funny about the Deshaun Watson situation is Baker Mayfield, the big knock against him, and I'm one of them who says this, is that he's only been successful when you take the ball out of his hands. When you say, we're going to run the ball, we're going to play defense, just don't blow the game for us. That's when he's been successful in the NFL. You would think that Deshaun Watson could do, at a minimum, just that. Like, look, I know you haven't played in two years. All we're going to do is we're going to run the ball with Nick Chubb. The defense has been a little... Obviously disappointing, but it's good enough to win games if we're able to control the clock the way we can. And all you got to do is make three or four good throws a game, and then we're going to win more than we lose. And he had, I mean, I know in the beginning he's played better late, but he hasn't even really been able to do that. Like he he doesn't look comfortable yet. I mean, they, they have Amari Cooper who's good. Nick Chubb is great. They have a great offensive line. And it's not like he's turning the ball over a ton or he's you know air mailing a lot of throws it's nothing like that he just doesn't look sharp and even the the bare minimum you'd expect in that offense he's only sometimes doing that and so you're always left wanting more which is kind of surprising I know the the accounting stats don't look too bad but he's played a lot worse than I think than what the stats have shown
4: yeah, um, to, to, to go back quickly to the Eagles and wrap it up, we, d- we didn't mention much about the Cowboys. So, Rob, I don't know how close you watch this game. I thought Cowboys-Eagles was a top-five game this season. One punt in the game, a ton of points, big plays galore. The, one of the craziest stats I saw outside of the Eagles' fumbles. So, uh, you know, Cowboys were down. It was third and 30 after a couple penalties. No team had converted a third and 30 in over two years and Dak Prescott hits a bomb to T.Y. Hilton, his only catch for 52 yards. Big play Slay just basically got beat on that play. It was unbelievable. Just a great throw by Dak, and T.Y. Hilton, who, I I mean, what a great buy low by the Cowboys. Bargain bin shopping, and T.Y. Hilton comes up with arguably their biggest catch of the season. 52-yarder on third and 30. They end up scoring on the drive and end up getting the victory. Cowboys, know though, the only problem is for this defense, it's so great. They have now been shredded by Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew in back-to-back weeks. And I I mean, Gardner Minshew went up and down the field. They did not punt once. I, you know, they didn't sack Minshew once. Like, is this defense tired? We saw, I, I don't know if you saw at the end of the game, but Micah Parsons was so gassed before the fourth down. It was like fourth and whatever it was, last play of the game for the Eagles. And Micah Parsons is telling Dan Quinn, I need a timeout, call timeout. And you could see him breathing heavily, like he was just chased. And it was like, oh my gosh! They call time out. I'm like, ooh, that's risky. And of course, they they put pressure on him a little bit, and he turns it over. But this Dallas defense, I I, don't, I, I just I don't know if they're getting stopped. Are they getting stopped in the playoffs?
3: I don't trust Dallas at all. I, oh. Everybody was so excited. I know on. Uh, Christmas morning, it was a Christmas miracle how well the Dallas Cowboys looked and um, what they did to the vaunted Eagles defense, you know, even though the front seven is good, the back not so great when they're not turning the ball over. That, That win to me encapsulated everything about Dallas is their peaks are as good or better than anyone in football. Oh, yeah. But they can also play as poorly as anyone in football. And so what it basically comes down to is, in a big spot, which team is going to show up? Mm. And historically, between Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy, the bad version shows up. And I don't trust Dallas at all. I wouldn't be shocked if they lose in the wild card round, I'm assuming, to Tampa, even if I think Tampa sucks too. But... Dak Prescott, outside of, I think, his very first playoff game when he had three touchdowns, one pick against, uh might have been Green Bay, very mediocre. And yeah. it, it, I, I, I do not trust Dallas at it's all. It's
4: funny. Cowherd has been banging on this for a while. Is like, you're going to blame Dak. Dak's to blame if they don't make a run in the playoffs. And I'm like, listen, there's no way they're moving on from Dak. Okay, he's got the second highest cap hit in the league next year after Deshaun Watson. But you know who will get the blame? Mike McCarthy. And I know he hasn't been great and that playoff ending against San Fran was brutal. But Rob, we, we I would think we would both agree. They're going to be going on the road in the first round. I don't think they're going to win the division. I'm sorry, guys. So they'll be the number one wild card. They'll go to Tampa or maybe Carolina. I guess Minnesota's an option, but I don't know who's catching them. I think it's probably Tampa or Carolina. And I think they're going to win that game, right?
3: I, I would think they should. They should blow the doors off whoever they get from the NFC South. The problem is... We saw what Tampa, they fluster. Todd Bowles, for whatever reason, yeah. flusters Dak Prescott. And That's Carolina, true. I don't think is good either. But what they've shown in the last couple of weeks with Sam Darnold is he's more explosive than Baker Mayfield was with his arm. He can have at least a threat of beating you down the field with DJ Moore. And between Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, they can run the ball pretty well. Yeah. Well, so
5: well, if, what, you can, against, if you can... 300 yards against yeah, Yeah.
3: If, if you can keep... Dak and C.D. Lamb and those guys off the field, Tony Pollard, and obviously this, this Cowboys defense isn't as good as we thought they were, as we've seen in the last month or so. I wouldn't be shocked at all if, they, if one of these NFC South teams are winning a game like 20-17 oh or something like that. No 20, way. I'm telling you.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats,
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: All right, listen, Rob, I'm a full-on Jets homer. Everybody knows that. I've got a lot of thoughts about Mike White in Seattle, but I'll save it for the end of the podcast because I think it's time we talk about your boy, Derek Carr, um, <sighs> and the Raiders. I, listen, I was on uh, Pittsburgh, minus two and a half. I, we were eating uh Christmas Eve dinner, uh, we got one of these restaurants, it was nice, I purposely sat with my back to the TV, because we arrived like late third quarter and they're losing, I'm like, I can't even watch the friggin' Steelers, I can't believe I bet these losers, and then my son, who had the view of the TV, his eyes would light up like every Derek Carr turnover, (laughs) there were several, and I just have to say, Rob, like I like Derek Carr a lot. Just like how I like Tua as like, a human. I like them at the podium. They seem like nice guys off the field. They got their act together, Tua and Carr. And, and, and Rob, Derek Carr is having such a bad season with the alleged offensive genius, Josh McDaniels. And I'm curious, as a Raiders fan, do you want any part of Derek Carr on the roster next year?
3: It's, it's a tough question. <laughs> because I don't. Because uh, the reason being is I don't know who you could get that would be well, an upgrade.
4: It. Okay, here's the here's the answer. Josh McDaniels. Well, we know Brady's unhappy playing with Leftwich and Bowles, and uh, marriage broke up. He's getting out of Tampa. That's obvious. He's not going to return there. Does he retire? Does he go to New England? I say no way. Does he go to New England? I don't think San Francisco is viable. And I think the team that makes the most sense is Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. Then the question becomes. What do you do with Derek Carr? You cannot get a first-round pick for him. There's just no way. He's he, you're buying low on Carr, which is smart, but you're selling low as well if you're right. if you're the Raiders. Then the question becomes: well, What about Devontae Adams? He came there to play with his guy. They were buddies going back to Fresno. Rob, does it get confusing with Devontae Adams if? McDaniels gets his guy in Brady, or can, or is it like, well, you get to play Tom Brady? Come on, Devontae. And you can, you could probably end up trading Waller, getting, I don't know if you get a first, but you get what, a second and a fourth for Waller? And you get, I don't know, a second and a fifth for Carr, second and a fourth? And, and now all of a sudden you've got a bunch of picks to put into that defense. You got to figure out the Josh Jacobs, but like Carr's the first domino, Rob. If you get Brady, you're going to be happy?
3: No. What what have you seen from Tom Brady that makes you think he still has it? Nothing. And
4: how about this: the three late comebacks to beat the Rams, Saints, and Cardinals, who were all really trash this season.
3: And the Rams and Saints, especially, who gave it away as much as Tom Brady took it. Um, Look, Derek Carr, save for his rookie season when he shouldn't have been playing anyways. I don't know. You know, he started because they really had no other option is having the worst season of his NFL career with Josh McDaniels. Worst completion percentage, most interceptions, lowest passing yards a game. It's mm. It's been brutal. But like I said, and you mentioned Tom Brady, save for what Aaron Rodgers, because I think he's got some left in the tank, or if you're really going to push all in, maybe you get Lamar Jackson. You give away two first and, and you sign that deal because you can offset it with a couple of picks you'll get from Carr or whatever. I don't know who you could get that would be an upgrade. I don't think Jimmy G is an upgrade. Wait, Lamar is Lamar an upgrade? You you can talk yourself into it, absolutely. You don't think Lamar's an
4: upgrade over Derek Carr? No, I'm
3: saying he is, but I'm saying like I I I don't know. I think he's an upgrade. It bears to be seen whether or not he'd be an upgrade in the McDaniel system. Okay,
4: well, hold on, let's go. Brady knows the McDaniel system. Is that an upgrade?
3: No, because he's shot. Mm. I mean, even Chris Collinsworth who goes out of his way to ball wash Tom Brady anytime he's playing on Sunday Night Football, was saying on Sunday night, look, I I, I don't know what's, what's going on with Brady. I mean, that, that was a layup pass that he missed right there. That's like watching LeBron James break a layup. That's what we saw from Tom Brady. Oh, the third is that what he call. said? He said that. Go look it up. It's on LarryBrownsports.com. Oh That's what, one I think I saw on Monday morning. Because when wow. I was watching the game, it was such a bad game. I just kind of had it on in the background, but I wasn't watching it as close as I should. Like, you know how that is. When, when it's a shitty game, no one's really paying attention like that. But if you can get a Rodgers, or if you can get Lamar Jackson, then then sure. Otherwise, you're rolling the dice on what, like a CJ Stroud, Will Levis in the draft, and it's like you brought can in I, Devontae. Can I interest you in,
4: can I interest you in Zach Wilson? He could be <laughs> had very cheap. <laughs> you
3: mean the the now suddenly inactive once again, Zach Wilson? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
4: I you know that a, listen, It's it's holiday It's a holiday week I, I don't want to speak Bad of somebody And kick them When they're down Sorry I did it to two I apologize it's,
3: You know Look I, I don't I don't want to kick Zach Wilson when he's down uh, I just want to say That Jamarcus Russell Had a higher passer rating His first two seasons oh, gosh, Than Zach Wilson Raiders. But that's just me Pumping up Jamarcus Russell That's not me Taking a shot at Zach Wilson It's like see Jamarcus Russell had, He had something going for him Until he Ate himself out of the league Um no, I mean, look, obviously Derek Carr is not the guy. Eddie House, friend of this podcast, will call and text me randomly to be like, what's up with your boy Carr? He sucks. Like that kind of He thinks it's kind of funny. But the problem is I don't know who you could get. That would be better. And if you end up downgrading, you run the risk of alienating your best player, who is Devontae Adams. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. The best bet would be to fire Josh McDaniels, but that's not going to happen.
4: That's not happening. No, no, no. Um, all right, now let's—fine, let's pivot to a, a positive story. We could wrap up on a positive story. The New York football Jets. Mike White, in, in a belated Christmas present to all Jets fans, Mike White was made active and back with the team, cleared to play the broken ribs. Oh, gosh. It is so good to have him back. And as you said, Zach Wilson now inactive. That's rough on a, a, what did they announce that uh, yesterday? Monday afternoon with like six days to go and they just announced Zach Wilson's inactive. Just, oh man, just absolutely brutal for Zach Wilson. Feel bad for the guy. But Rob, the first thing I did was I went to uh, the three gambling accounts that I have, three different shops, and I laid it with the Jets at one, two, and two. And it's up to now two and a half. Seattle Seahawks, who, by the way, looked atrocious without Tyler Lockett. You know, he's their third-down guy. Leads the team in first-down receptions this year. He can get open on the slot, on the outside. He's just a clutch receiver, great player. He's out for the, se- he's out for the season. And without him, it's, just, it's a tough go for Geno Smith. So you have Metcalf, and if you could put Sauce Gardner on him, you're essentially telling Geno Smith, go ahead, try Marquise Goodwin, who I don't think had a catch. I faced him in fantasy, and yeah, he didn't have a catch. Maybe he got hurt and missed half the game or whatever. But it's like, who else are you going to throw to? Will Disley? It's going to be the Kenneth Walker show. And oh, the irony, Rob. Oh, I love it. Former Jets quarterback, Geno Smith. He can wreck the Jets season with a win. Also, you know, I'm shaving the Seahawks logo on the side of my head if they finish above 500, The Jets can put the final nail in the coffin and finish. uh, uh, Seattle will finish under 500. If the Jets get the dub. Now, the final game for Seattle is against the Rams and Baker Mayfield, who suddenly, I guess, are alive. But I digress. Back to the Jets. Rob, this is, the I would say, the biggest non-divisional game the Jets have played in, I don't know, seven or eight years. They're resting all hope on Mike White, Zonovan Knight, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis. Would you know any of these guys if they rolled into the Fox Sports Radio studio this week? Would you recognize any of them?
3: Absolutely not.
4: Mike White looks like an Uber driver, and I'm not knocking him. That that he just looks like an average guy. I'm not saying he's not he's not a good player, but we haven't seen him since he took those hits against Buffalo. Rob, I, I'm so excited for this game. I believe it's in the 4 p.m. window. Schedule is cleared. Hold up, is this on New Year's Day? Is are the Sunday games on? Uh... Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah. Oh wow! So I will not be going out on New Year's Eve. Hell. New Year's Eve is amateur hour. I don't go out anyway. Um, I'll be locked in on January 1st for Jet Seahawks. Just a colossal game for, for my Jets. It's crazy they still have a chance to the playoffs. I just want to point out, I know people say the Jets are terrible. With Zach Wilson at quarterback, they're terrible. Yes. Uh, with Mike White, they outgamed Minnesota by 200 yards and covered. They covered against Buffalo, nearly won. And those are elite teams. Those are, you know, Minnesota's like a top eight Super Bowl odds. Uh, Buffalo, I think, is like one, two, or three. Uh, Seattle is none of that. Their defense stinks. I think the Jets are live to win this and get to the playoffs. Rob, if they do, well, obviously the podcast numbers will be massive because you know we're destination for the Jets fans who are now coming out of the woodwork, just showing up. Um, I don't know. I, I know you're not a huge Jets guy, but your thoughts on Jets, Seattle, and the Jets? Basically, they, how they get in, Rob, is they win their two final games. They need Tua to beat Belichick this week because the Jets lose the tiebreakers with New England. And then the Jets, you know, in the final game, they beat Miami, which will not be easy, but I don't think they're going to be big underdogs. And then they need uh, Buffalo to beat New England in the final week of the season, and that's definitely going to happen because Buffalo's still playing for home field advantage, I think. Now, what if Buffalo loses to Cincinnati? Then it's like KC, Buffalo, or Cincy. Right. Buffalo has the tiebreaker, so... Shit, I guess he has an outside shot at it. But they would need a Kansas City loss. But Buffalo holds all tiebreakers over the Bengals. So, yeah, listen, Jets have good ch- I think I saw one saying, if the Jets win out, they have an 82% chance of the playoffs. Well, you can't ask for more than that.
3: Absolutely. And let me tell you, I know that you were very excited when the Mike White news came down on Monday. I saw the tweets. That you sent me a text. I didn't see it till later because I was too busy resetting my fantasy lineup because I'm as excited as you are. I'm oh. gonna. I'm. Th- I'm very seriously considering starting Garrett Wilson over Devonte Adams in the championship round.
4: Bro, what happened to Devonte, man? Well, I mean, he had 1.5 points in De- my fantasy. Derek Carr year. happened.
3: There, De- I, I, oh. I got to the championship in spite of of Devontae Adams. But I'm I'm a Devonte Adams guy. I think he's the best foot receiver football. I'm a Raiders fan even before I'm a Devontae Adams guy. And when there's money on the line in the fantasy championship, I may have to roll with Garrett Wilson because the difference between. Zach Wilson and Mike White is like the Grand Canyon. Mike White unlocks Garrett Wilson in a way that few quarterbacks unlock a, a receiver like that. Like usually if a receiver's that good, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They're going to put up numbers regardless. Yeah. And Garrett Wilson, maybe because he's a rookie, wasn't able to do that with Zach Wilson. So he's been riding the bench for me. But now once the Mike White train is back in station, I, I am full gangrene right now. Didn't and he I'm, almost
4: have 200 uh, yards receiving against the Vikings?
3: Yeah. Did you start him that week? He was, yes, oh, I did. Yeah. Every week, no, man, no, ever man. since Zach Wilson got benched, I was starting Garrett Wilson alongside Devontae Adams. In the championship round, I got Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Waddle, Garrett Wilson. Those are my receivers. I'm hmm. very seriously considering putting Garrett Wilson over Adams and going with Hopkins and Wilson in the championship to get some of this money.
4: Interesting, Rob. Well, I hope you can stack paper in. How many? Do you have a dynasty in that league? No. I feel like you're in the championship every year.
3: I'm just really good at making trades.
4: <laughs> Hoodwinking the clueless guys who don't want right. to set their roster. Like, oh, you know,
3: yeah, this guy's really slow start. You, know, you may maybe want to get rid of him. I'll give you two starters for him. Mm. And so that, that's my that's my deal.
4: Savvy. Uh, all right, Rob. So we are back. Tomorrow, I, I, I haven't looked at the full-on schedule. What are we going to do about Monday, New Year's? Well, it's, it's January 2nd, and actually it'll be a huge next Monday, so we'll definitely be back. Yes, right?
3: Yes. Yes. Okay. Maybe, maybe what we'll do, because it's a big you know college football especially, maybe we'll take off the end of the week or something like that.
4: That's possible. Yes. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll keep you posted, but uh, thanks for listening. Good to be back. Talk to you tomorrow.
5: Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath and feel new?